When sharing your faith with a Latter-day Saint, it helps to know what their church has taught on several basic topics. For this reason, Mormonism Research Ministry has provided its Crash Course Mormonism. Crash Course Mormonism includes concise articles highlighting what LDS leaders and church manuals have taught on issues that will probably come up in a typical conversation. You can find these informative articles at CrashCourseMormonism.com. That's CrashCourseMormonism.com. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began the show by mentioning a man by the name of Reed Smoot. Reed Smoot was elected to the Senate of the United States, and there was a lot of controversy surrounding him being seated. And we mentioned that you can't really start at Reed Smoot in early Utah politics. You have to go back a little bit earlier, and that goes back to B.H. Roberts, who ran for Congress along with another Mormon apostle by the name of Moses Thatcher. He ran for Senate. But they got in trouble with the leadership because they did not ask for permission to run. And Joseph F. Smith was not very happy. It was Joseph F. Smith who rebuked both B.H. Roberts and Moses Thatcher in what was known as a general priesthood meeting. This was in October of 1895. And I want to repeat what he did in that priesthood meeting because I think it's very important to understand why there were a lot of non-Latter-day Saints who were very concerned about a member of the LDS Church going to Congress and being seated as a congressman and or a senator. On page 42 of the book Saints, and that's the book that we are referring to, and we introduced that yesterday. This is the third of four volumes published by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This one was published in 2022. And as we mentioned, we do give kudos to the church for being much more transparent in what must be seem to be much of the awkward history in the early years of the LDS movement. Most of the time, the LDS church has spent their time covering up a lot of this stuff, or at least not mentioning it. Now the church is being much more open with some of this history. And as I asked yesterday, does this bother a lot of Latter-day Saints, especially when this volume talks about a church leader actually lying before Congress? Well, On page 42, it talks about this October 1895 general priesthood meeting where Joseph F. Smith publicly rebukes the two men, that would be B.H. Roberts, who's a 70, and Moses Thatcher, who was serving as an apostle at that time. Why does he rebuke them? Because they, at that time, accepted the nominations to run for public office, quote, without first consulting the members of their quorums. And then it cites specifically Joseph F. Smith as saying, We have the living oracles in the church, and their counsel must be sought. End quote, he reminded the congregation. Quote, The moment a man in authority decides to do as he pleases, he steps on dangerous ground. Well, B.H. Roberts and Moses Thatcher end up running for office, and they lose. And now we're up to page 83, where it says that 
B.H. Roberts is going to run again for Congress. And what does it say there uh, about the middle of the page, Eric? Three years after losing the election of 1895, B.H. had run for Congress again, this time with the consent of the first presidency. His campaign was a success, but critics of the church immediately seized on the victory to undermine the saints' emerging image as a law-abiding, patriotic, monogamous people. Protestant ministers and women's organizations led the assault, warning people far and wide that B.H., a polygamist church leader who had fathered children with the plural wife after the manifesto, was coming to Washington to champion plural marriage, corrupt public morals, and extend the political power of the church. Now, we should explain to our listeners, if they're not familiar with some of the terms that you had given there, the manifesto. What is the manifesto? The manifesto was a document that was put out by the church. It was signed by Wilford Woodruff. It's found at the back of the Doctrine and Covenants. It's known as Declaration 1. Declaration 1 is basically a promise by the church that they were no longer going to solemnize plural marriages. The problem is, is they were solemnizing plural marriages after the manifesto came out. The church has admitted this now, and this book is going to admit it also. So you can understand these rumors are going around that even though the church had promised the federal government that polygamy was really a part of its past, they know it's still going on. They know that not only are people that were involved in plural marriage still practicing plural marriage, it would be unlawful cohabitation with these women, but they also knew that, knew that the church was secretly solemnizing marriages, even though they had promised that they would not do that. And you can find the manifesto, as you mentioned, Bill, in the scriptures. It's in the scripture of the LDS Church. This is the last paragraph that Wilford Woodruff, who signed this, said in the manifesto. It says, There is nothing in my teachings to the church or in those of my associates during the time specified which can be reasonably construed to inculcate or encourage polygamy. And when any elder of the church has used language which appeared to convey such teaching, he has been promptly reproved. And I now publicly declare that my advice to the Latter-day Saints is to refrain from contracting any marriage forbidden by the law of the land. Wow. How did he sleep at night after having that put in print? But anyway, we digress. We go on on page 83 at the very bottom. It says, as outrage over B.H.'s election grew, and, and again, Eric, I just got to say it, I have a real problem with them using their first names or first initials like this. It sounds so flippant and a little too familiar even for my critical tastes. But as outrage over B.H.'s, that's B.H. Roberts, election grew, editor William Randolph Hearst joined in the fray, eager to use the controversy to boost sales of his New York City newspaper. Isn't that what newspaper people do? They're going to go for that kind of stuff because they want to sell newspapers. That's, that's kind of a given. But it says Hearst published scathing articles about B.H. and the church portraying both as threats to American morals. It continues, the petition of 7 million names on the floor of the House chamber, in fact, had been assembled by Hearst newspaper to pressure lawmakers into denying B.H. his seat in Congress. Now, I wonder how many people caught that. 7 million people had signed a petition not to have B.H. Roberts seated on the floor. 7 million 
back then. Seven million now, I would think, would be an incredible amount of people. But this is way back then. You had seven million people that were against the House seating B.H. Roberts. Continues, uh, shortly after noon, B.H. was summoned to take his oath of office. As he walked to the front of the chamber, a congressman stood up and calmly motioned to exclude B.H. from the House because of his plural marriages. Another congressman seconded the motion. He is a polygamist, the man said, and his election is an assault upon the American home. Can you imagine something like that happening today? Even though plural marriage is technically illegal, we no longer have a moral high ground in the United States. If the people were to elect a practicing polygamist, would this happen today? I don't know. I, I don't think I have enough confidence in the morals or lack of morals of our political officials that anybody would have had the backbone to take a stand and say, no, we're not going to allow this to happen. Well, and especially as we just read from the manifesto, the church in 1890 said this was not supposed to be anymore. And yet here you have a practicing polygamist who's going up to to have a seat here in Congress, you have to give kudos to the congressmen who are saying, no, we're not going to stand for this. This is not right. And based on the promise of the church in 1890, uh, they have a great case. Well, and I think you're right, because they're saying that they're going to undermine the laws of our nation. They're worried about that. Well, why wouldn't they worry about that, folks? B.H. Roberts seems to be undermining his very state's constitution. As we've mentioned many times here, Utah is the only state in the Union that has an ordinance in it. It's found under Article 3 in our state constitution that specifically prohibits the practice of polygamy. I'll, I will read it for you. It says under Article 3, ordinance, the following ordinance shall be irrevocable without the consent of the United States and the people of this state. And then it goes on to say, first, Perfect toleration of religious sentiment is guaranteed. No inhabitant of this state shall ever be molested in person or property on account of his or her mode of religious worship. Semicolon. But polygamous or plural marriages are forever prohibited. Now that's what it says on paper. But they're noticing with B.H. Roberts... That's not how it is in conduct, because he is a practicing polygamist. He is doing this after the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints promised the government they were no longer going to do this. He's doing it in violation of his own state's constitution. And you wonder why people were a little concerned over this? What's getting into our government here? Who is going to have an influence in our government? I'm sure there's a lot of people today that wonder what kind of influence is getting in our government, because a lot of the nonsense that we're seeing now would have never been tolerated during this time, that is for sure. It goes on that B.H. Roberts is not seated. They do not allow him to be a congressman. And so it's like the church has to start over from square one. And this is now, years later, when we get to the subject of Reed Smoot. And as we mentioned yesterday on page 100 of this book, Saints predictably reads victory, that be Reed Smoot's victory, sparked outrage and protest. 
you can understand why. There's a legitimate reason why people were worried about this. They saw polygamy as being immoral. See, that was back at a time when morality meant something to people. And people had a general understanding of what was immoral, unlike what we have today. Bill, I'd like to finish the show, if I could, on page 85 and finish the ideas that we had with B.H. Roberts. His dismissal from the House of Representatives made the front pages of newspapers across the country. In Utah, the first presidency admired B.H.'s bold defense of his principles in Washington, but they regretted the backlash his election set off against the Latter-day Saints. The American press had again turned a critical eye on the church, and that's something the church still doesn't like today, negative press, and that's what they were getting. But the next paragraph says this, Although some of what the newspapers reported was inaccurate, they were correct on the basic point. Plural marriage still existed in the church, and it was not simply that men and women maintained their plural marriages after the manifesto. Having lived, taught, and suffered for plural marriage for more than half a century, many saints could not imagine a world without it. In fact, some members of the Twelve, acting with the approval of George Q. Cannon, Joseph F. Smith, or their intermediaries, had quietly performed new plural marriages in the eight years since the Manifesto. During that time, four of the apostles had also married plural wives themselves. In tomorrow's show, we're going to continue looking at this controversy surrounding Senator Reed Smoot and the Reed Smoot hearings. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.